To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's going on, guys? I uh, got a brand new podcast for you. So this week I have on Glenn Everly from Everly Stock Packs. Glenn's just a, a fascinating guy and, and really fun guy to talk to. He's a great storyteller and he's just done so much in his life. And you'll see from the podcast, he just has an inventor's mind. He's just always thinking and, and always coming up with things and then and then following through on them. I also have Ike Eastman sit in on the podcast. Ike and Glenn have been friends for a long time and, and uh, just have a great friendship. And so I had Ike sit in, which uh, Ike, Ike's always entertaining on the podcast. And so this is just a great, authentic conversation about Glenn Eberly and Eberly Stock Packs, some of the new things that they're coming out with. And, and um, like I say, he's just a, a, an interesting guy and a great storyteller. And so we just pretty much get him going on the podcast and, and uh, have a great, authentic conversation. Sponsor for today's show is Everly Stock Packs. Uh, we really appreciate Everly Stock and everything they do for uh, Eastman's and for the podcast and also the hunting community. Uh, they just come out with with great packs, um, and, and they have a pack for for every different need for every individual. Um, you know, you can find the right the right weight, pack the right load. Uh, they're built durable. They'll they're built with quality. We get into that in the podcast, but um, they just build a great pack. And I'm using three of their different packs. Um, I'm using the kite pack for day hunting, small trips. Uh, the little big top I'm using for medium range trips up to five days. And then um, I have their destroyer pack, which I really like for like expedition hunts. It's got a, a higher cubic inch, packs the weight really well. But I, I'm just super impressed at all their packs. I've been using them for a couple years now um, and really interested in some of the new stuff they have coming out. So I'll have to look through it. And then also uh, make sure to check out their clothing line. Um, I'm really impressed at some of the solid colors and some of the camo patterns and then also the fabric and fit of, of some of their clothing that they've come out with. So uh, make sure to check that out. And thanks to Everly Stock for sponsoring the podcast. And with that, um, yeah, gosh, uh, it was a fun show there at ATA, getting together with these guys and doing these live recordings. I really enjoyed that. Um, looking forward to uh, going to the, the the hunting expo in Salt Lake City. That's in a couple weeks. Um, we're going to get some recordings down there. I know Guy Eastman and Dan Picard, they're giving a seminar down there. So that should be fun to sit in on and, and, uh, yeah, just take it all in. Like I say, th that'll be my second show. ATA was my first, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just great to, to shake hands with these guys and meet them face to face and, and, and have some engaging conversations with them. And then also just try to record some, some really good podcasts as, you know, I love these live podcasts and with, with all these great people in one place, you know, you're kind of running frantic trying to get some good recordings, but, uh, I think we accomplished it at ATA. We put some good ones out have some good ones coming up i'm super psyched at that and uh yeah we're just gonna gonna keep recording keep after it i got one uh with ryan lampers i'm gonna record here i believe on friday get together for a live one so that should be a fun one and yeah just keep recording boy it was a great trip down to the desert um God, just a, a week of carrying my bow around and soaking in some heat and chasing those those ultra challenging coos deer. Oh, I just had an absolute blast. Um, 
so yeah, just uh, uh, getting done with that, get back to real life here, and, and uh, my training, been running a bunch, and and uh, shooting a bunch, and just really excited for this season and, and tag season, trying to put in for some really good tags and, and put in for some hunts um, that hopefully I get to do in 2019. So I hope luck's with me, and, and if I don't get luck, then I hope I get the tags that, that at least I, I should get, but um, should be a great season. So uh, just I love the process throughout the entire year, and this is just part of the process. But we better get this thing rolling. Great conversation. Uh, I've got Ike Eastman, Glenn Eberly. Me, your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Okay, I'm live here at the ATA. I've got Ike Eastman sitting here, and um, we snuck away Glenn Eberly from the booth for a little bit to come chat with us. So, Glenn, thanks for being on again. Yeah, Brian, uh, really appreciate your having me along. It's uh, we, we love you guys and the relationship we have with you, and um, it's really funny because I'm not – prone to stopping and talking to people about what we're doing or uh, you know i just live in my own private idaho so to yeah. speak yeah <laughs> you, you are one of the hardest guys to go what's new oh not much and then you go in your booth and there's all kinds of there's new a, stuff there's a few things <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, forgot, I forgot about that actually that that was new last year but i never told anybody about yeah. it. That's, that's pretty typical that, of is that we're... the kite backpack <laughs> is that yeah you... we've got we've got yeah that sort of thing um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, anyway, it's, you it's, guys have been busy for the past year. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that kite pack. I've been using that. And I asked you if that was new uh, right before the conversation started because yeah. I'm in love with that day pack. And you said, well, it's been out for a year, but we really didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. But yeah. What a great pack and great design. I love how lightweight it is. And yeah. um, uh, just how much it, it compresses down for day hunting to where you can stock with your bow and it's not in the way. What a sure. great pack. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost a, you know. A, a lightweight duffel um, in, in form in that, you know, there's, it, so I guess I'll just back up and say, first of all, I'm, I'm really excited that you found it and you like it. That's, that's super cool. Um, Cause it's one of those, you know, people associate Eberly stock still with the things that we did 10 years ago, all of which I'm very proud of. I mean, we changed the mar- the matrix well, yeah, as you far guys, as... You guys invented the modular pack system, right? Yeah, not just that, but really the hunting pack category Right. Is right. Far different now because of what we did than yeah. it was before. So we were using Jan Sports before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the equivalent of a book bag or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, so so really I feel like we really pioneered hunting packs and right. and and, br- and brought a lot of the fire to the marketplace that our competitors are, you know, pursuing and all this true, but a guy one of our reps yesterday, he was looking around. He's we have a new rep group and they're pretty excited about what what we're doing and the right. opportunities before him and he just looked around and he goes, "I'm just going to tell you this." He goes, "There's not a pack company in this building that's not an also brand not a me too brand because because everly stock did it first and i and like actually it's, i'm not saying that because it's my company but the truth is i know that we pioneered a lot of things a lot of people are doing and, I, and i'm comfortable with that because that's the way the world works but i also it's just fun to, right. to know that right. the truth is though I probably should have told people about some of it yeah like <laughs> 10 years ago because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this whole modular pack thing i invented that concept in 2004, wow, and and, and and I knew at the time because it was I didn't invent the concept. There were pe- there were like 24 pound modular packs, right? Um, but I started working with the military in 0405, and when I, when I was just blown away to find out that those guys didn't have every pack solution that they, they would need. that they would need. I just couldn't imagine. I had to, I think I told you the story before, but a guy from the Third Special Forces Group called me up and he goes, "I can." 
I can wear any pair of boots I want. I can shoot any gun I want. I'm just going to tell you, your pack is the best thing to come our way in 30 years. And I was, wow. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> so, uh, and it didn't, you know, it had like a bright yellow logo on it. And, yeah, uh, right. But he just, the way it carried weapons changed the game for those guys. For It turned out to be, all, you know, the military snipers as well right. that started. Now that was really cool. Well, in the course of that, I started to look. I was like, I, that epiphany that U.S. Special Forces operators at, right. at, at the point where we'd been at war in Iraq quite a long time and Afghanistan for a few years. Right. But those guys, badass guys at that point, didn't have everything they needed. It was just really surprising to me. So I started looking, and I was like, weight is an issue. These guys are carrying like 140 pounds of loads out, you know, and just stupid right. stuff. I right. can't imagine. So, yeah, so the ability to download quickly what you don't need or to download everything in a firefight or – um, right. Or to upload what you you know different things to to be able to, like for a medic for example to be able to carry both all the medical loadout which is a full pack in itself and your personal gear which they got to get in there somewhere too there's there's still not a good solution to that well we have it we've had yeah. it for a long time I just forgot to tell people about it <laughs> 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 so part of the part of the fun of it right now is that the truth is we've got a really rock solid company and a rock yeah. solid brand I mean people. In fact, today I was talking to a lady from one of the camo companies who was trying to get us back, and um, it was pretty funny because she's she was commenting on how evergreen this company is and the fact that it's you know still standing tall all these years when right. so many recommenders have not succeeded so well. Right. And um, and I thought that was a neat phrase to use. And just as she was saying that, I was talking to her about the reason that we were making our own pack fabric and the and that led me to make my own camouflage eventually and move on. Right. Because we were one of the first brands to do that. Um, and Yeah, you, a, you've a, had your own pattern, camel pattern, for 10 years probably, haven't you? Something close to that. Yeah. yeah not quite. But, but anyway, it's been a long time. Um, and it, we can talk another time about that. But yeah. but the, the, right as I was having this conversation with, with her, a 14-year-old X1 pack was walking by on the guy's back. I was Because I could spot it. I was yeah. like, it's I did that original. pack right there in 2004. And, <laughs> and it still looked darn good. And the guy came up later and he said, hey, because I'm wearing this pack and I have a free hat. And I went, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. That hat, that, he was that like, told me about all the books and stuff he had and how comfortable it was. I was like, right on. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, and the pack looked good. Uh, Anyway, that's saying something. I, I don't have a 14-year-old anything. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> yeah. that the truth? My kid's yeah. not even 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. My pickup truck's getting close to that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'm kind of proud of that fact. <laughs> anyway, so, that, so, so let's circle back to the kite. Because I, you know, I, I think that's this whole diversion started by me saying, yeah, that, you know, people think that we're still doing what we were doing in 2008. Well, we're not. You know, we still make some of those same packs because the whole cam expansion system and the rifle scabbard packs, I mean, that's brilliant stuff. It's, right. It yeah. is absolutely like the the J34 Just One Pack. I named that in 2003 because I was sitting there with a sports warehouse buyer going, well, what am I going to call this thing? And right. um, I was thinking about calling it the Just One just because if you're going to own Just One Hunting Pack, this is the one. And the guy goes, oh, that's a good name. So writes down Just One. I'm like, well, I guess that's the I name. I guess we just <laughs> named it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the skew? I go, what's a skew? You. <laughs> uh, seven. No, no, no. no. Goes, you know, it's like, well, we call it the just one. How about, you know, well, that's usually numbers and letters. Well, how about how about the J one? Okay, well, we're gonna have two colors. Oh, let's, oh we gotta have a suffix then. The J, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, one. that's all that started. Kind of fun <laughs> on the fly. That's great. Um, yeah, and and, and so the, the main point though is the J thirty four just one is still like it's an awesome go to do everything pack, particularly for big game. You right. know, but yeah. well loved all over the world for good reason, and and we're proud of it and still flagship item for sure um at the same time 
you know, I was describing 2005 when I'm concerned about weight, and right. I've been looking at modular systems and efficient ones for the entire time. And it, it's interesting, you know, before we started, you guys asked me what's new, and I, I, I was like, you know, when we show people what our modular system is and how fully developed it is and all the things you can do with it, it is going to blow their minds. Right. Because we start with a four-and-a-half-pound pack, you know, the pack frame. Right. Um, or maybe it's four. I don't even know. I, I think we might have a sub-four one even. It's yeah, funny. I think it I'm is. not a numbers guy. I think, I think the, the frame <laughs> think, is sub-four. Yeah, the carrier frame is, is, is I think, yeah. sub-four for sure. Yep. So, yep. so say we start with a three-and-a-half-pound pack, three, four-pound pack. Um. You know, we can go lightweight accessories onto that and have a really lightweight low-drain pack that is just killer. Because yeah, the, the frame a, itself and the harness and the belt are all Eberly stock. Right. They're all comfortable, dead quiet, and yeah, they will not break when you load them up. Yeah, you can put a 110 pounds of Good. elk meat on it, which yeah. I have. And I, I yeah. love watching your video with the – was it uh, – how many hundreds of pounds did oh, you stack was, on that oh, pack? Yeah, 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 it was the buckle lot. broke like 800 yeah. pounds. Yeah, we almost I got think. 800 pounds. It was seven-something, I think. <laughs> and that's that was just YouTube, isn't it? That, I think it is, yeah it, was, yeah. it was it was about the V90. And it was just because some jack bites out there. Pardon, I almost said that, you know, can, I don't, can, I, can I cuss on these things? I better not. <laughs> anyway. We'll just bleep it. Yeah, that, yeah bleep. Um, these guys are out there, you know, bad-mouthing Everly Stock packs and how some other brand was better, supposedly. And they were using one of our internal frame packs, the Battleship, and, and saying um, that it was weak because it had internal stays. Look at how easy it is to break these things. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, yeah. that's just not right. So, because um, internal frame packs safe frame packs have a purpose and they're still very valid and, and excellent in fact brian you were saying you use the v69 destroyer i think right i so do a yep. little brother to the, the yep. v90 battleship and you know we have serious military special forces guys using those big packs loaded with you know armor and every day for months yeah. years they're made and to pack the weight yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and they, and they hold the weight close to your body and there's mm-hmm. all kinds of good in them and and so to pretend there wasn't it just it just made it not many things make me mad but that made me mad yeah so yeah so i'm like oh, i'll show you so i we had this test frame set up in the back that we were using for other stuff and i'm like oh we put that thing on a forklift and put it up next to the loading dock and started stacking 60 pounds of bags of concrete on this thing until it right. failed and we only had it held up by the by the harness. Harness. It yeah. wasn't held up any other way. Nope. And the only thing and failed was uh, a buckle. It was uh, one of the little 25-millimeter plastic ladder lock buckles. Yep. yep. I mean, something's got to break. Yeah, when I mean, you yeah. stick yeah. You know. I mean, every, yeah. every 60 pounds above about 500, you're like, well, it's going to go here sometimes. Yeah. And so it got to 700 and whatever the math is. I right. can't remember how many bags that was. But um, Well, you, it was so many bags, you were struggling to find you were struggling to keep the bags on the backpack. Yeah, at one point so we actually many. so the so the the other part of it you don't see cuz we had to cut some of the video is actually there was a there was a point where we had to download it cuz it wasn't stable. So so we've got like 600 pounds on this pack and we're shoving it around trying to keep it standing up straight. So right. we're, so it's not just sitting there, you know, with stuff we're like dropping bags of cement on it and right. shoving it around and right. and I look I thought about it afterwards I'm like that was so stupid you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, own, I own this company right I'm supposed to be safe I'm probably yeah. supposed to be you know if, if it if I get killed by doing something really stupid it would be bad for Everly stock and then you're I'm sure OSHA would not approve this method 700 pounds of cement with nothing but a couple of you know <laughs> steel rods skating around on a forklift I was like yeah, I was shoving that around was just I, I thought it was it great was like, though well, the was video on, turned I'll tell out you really what, it was authentic. It was yeah, real. It was. And so anyway, we downloaded it, and then we smacked those things back on. And as and, and as we did it the second time, it, that thing it had it, it endured a lot of abuse to that. So point. you put six hundred pounds on it, took it off, and put 
seven hundred and seven hundred something back on. The, wow! Pounds before before a buckle broke, and then right. and then it went boom, and it blew up, and stuff flew everywhere because of the once it started moving, it, right? It, you know, it pulled another yeah, it's one. It's a loose. chain reaction. Yeah, but the only things broke on that pack were two ladder lock buckles, one on each harness. Everything wow. else was fine, and we could put it back together and sell it. You know, it's, you, there's not a stitch wrong on it. So. Wow. Yeah, it's actually that's quality. Neat. So the, it, it is, and, and the other reason, you know, yeah, I, during the course of my tirade on that uh, that <laughs> video, I was like, I'm going to show you this. So watch this, bub. You know, we, I walk back to the warranty department. I see this is our warranty department. The lights are off. There's nobody in here. Yeah, and uh, and there's a handful of packs over there that we're waiting for the next Friday to for the you know for Rod to come back in here and work on them. And you know, my shipping guy is all also the warranty guy and he runs about a half day a week yeah and 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 more if necessary but and that's with hundreds of thousands of packs in the world yep. you know and i'll guarantee you there's not a nylon maker in the world in any category that's could say that yeah you know? that's just amazing yeah. just amazing i mean I've, I've been in that warranty department three times and it looks the same every time <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't that i've wasn't never unique. seen a human in there no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, you know stuff happens but but not at the rate with our stuff that with other stuff. So and that and we work really hard because, um, you know, I was talking to my friend Jay Robert about it, and he used to own Black Creek Guide Gear, and then he worked with Tenzin, Tenzin. for a while, yep. and and uh, you know, and with he explained his philosophy, and it's the same as mine, and that is, you know, I look when something breaks, I look at it, and if and if, and if there's a problem in construction or right. materials, we fix it. Fix and it. I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I do not get how companies could not do that, but there's right. a lot that don't. Right. But we we're, man. And part of it's because my wife works with me, and, and as you guys know, she's particular. She demands perfection in all things, and she's yeah. really—I failed her in that. Um, <laughs> she's just trying to perfect everything yeah. else because no. she still has to deal with you. Yeah, exactly. So she takes it personally if, if we have a product failure, and we have hundreds of thousands of products in the world. So when she's getting into the customer service stuff and she sees a warranty issue, it you know it's it's like personal and i'm like right. yeah it's okay don't you know <laughs> but but that's just the, her nature she really does you know want to want to be perfect and want our stuff to be perfect and it's that's not a bad thing to force to have in the, in the company it's challenging to me yeah but. it's a great thing <laughs> and then you guys and now you've launched uh well, last year at ata you launched clothing right yeah so really to, to explain that this all started in 1985 by 87, I had made some really cool hunting rifle stocks that nobody's ever replicated. So right. those are 31-year-old designs that we're, we're going to come back to. One of these days, we're going to surprise people again. With, they're going to go, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> but, they, they were um, used by the, yeah, the U.S. Uh, by, Olympic team, well, right? Yeah, in biathlon, we, 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 you, people know what we did. But I have some hunting stuff that um, if you find a 1987 spring issue of guns magazine actually you, i've seen see it. it i've seen it yeah. it was on that was it, it was on your video i no, think maybe so yeah yeah so it, it, the cover of that magazine had a little caption that said gun stocks of the future and yep. um yep. Yeah, and, and they're hunting rifles yeah and i want to come back to that because i just think we have it we have something nobody's done and yeah. which is not there in guns there's not many things that can be said like that right. so that's another story <laughs> <laughs> but the point of that was in 87 i was this young can do anything inventor um thinking of this the north face with guns i was like you know this there's a room to make that kind of company in this marketplace right and that's my had my eyes on that and then i went did other things that kept me busy for a while yeah um so it wasn't until the early 2000s that i came back to the idea and i and i decided well i'm, I'm doing it for sure and committed myself and figured out what to name it and stuck the old everly stock company words together to come up with the everly stock right um and the plan at this time was well. First of all, I had, I had some in 03, 
some really cool chassis guns. You know, chassis guns now are the most what everybody wants. I had the, to my knowledge, the first true modular rifle uh, platform. I had a stock I made that I could insert the chassis into the middle of it, and I could take off the outside and put different insides and outsides on. Is that the one that's and above the door in your office? It's one of them. No, yeah. actually, it's outside the door, but oh. in that yeah. stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it, So that thing, with that, I could shoot a... Anything out of right. the same stock, which wow. has not been. You know, I, I shot an Anschutz 1827 Biathlon rifle and Remington Mall 730-06 out of the same stock. <laughs> which no one's, no one's done that not, since. Yeah, it's still just one of those weird deals. Right. Um, and it was a, but as a manufacturing concept, there was all kinds of reasons for that. So the main reason I mentioned that is that this is 03. I didn't know if it was going to be a gun company or a stock company or a pack company. I had all these, you know, fireworks popping off in my head about what we could do right and um and of course then our first shot show was the winter of 04 i'd start i'd launched the first commercial packs in in the, in the late fall of 03 mm-hmm. uh, the first production packs excuse me and um so january of 04 we're standing in the shot show in a 10 by 10 booth with a concrete floor and my wife and i and she was a dental hygienist and god bless her soul perfectionist Clean-minded yeah. and everything, and, and hunting, and it's not her game. Right. And, you know, now she puts up with it. But <laughs> 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 no, but r- really, it's just not her world. It wasn't her world. And so I've got this girl in the SHOT Show booth with me, and she's like, you can't you can't leave to even go to the bathroom. Because I don't know how <laughs> to I don't, I don't want to be here questions. by myself. Yeah. So that's how this company started. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and by the fourth day of the show, I could go to the bathroom, because she was by that time showing elk hunters how to take the rifle right out of your scabbard on your back while you were carrying yeah. the thing. And, yeah. and she got into it, and, we, and that started. So it was her and I doing these shows for a long time, and it was all fun. I but, think you. I think. Um, I think we've been partnered since '07. Yeah, I looked it up. Okay, and it was the fall of us or the summer yeah, of us. That sounds about right. I mean, I discovered you guys some time early on, and then the, the, I think the reason I was mentioning that is that it, at that time, what used to happen is we'd come to these shows with this concept, and we had these crowds gather out in front, going, "Oh my." god you know look at that you know right. and and and, right. and then we had other guys get, we're like oh you can't get a gun out of that i'm not going to hunt like that and you know, we had to really train people this new way of going up the mountain but right. um once it started to go it, you know it was it's the way to go up a mountain with with a gun for sure right. and then we showed ways to do it with bows the next year and on, and on we went um anyway uh all the way along i've had these the the awareness of weight for sure Right. And the ability to make lightweight things, but hunters like stuff with big grapple straps to grip a help order to it on the fly or to compress the pack or, right. you know, the gun scabbard thing is just a no brainer. I mean, if you're yep. hunting with a gun, you should put one on a pack or have it built into the pack. One of the two. Yep. Um, carrying a bow. I, I liked to hike with my bow on my pack and then take it off when I want it. So I, I use that a lot. That, that yep. concept. That's how I know. Me too. Yeah. So good. So anyway, um, all that stuff, you know, has been part of the thing. But along the way, uh, you know, I can make a pack any way I want. I can make it complex or I can make it clean and simple. And, and <clears throat> most people, because of cost reasons, go clean and simple. Right. Um, I've always gone to the, you know, the issues of comfort, strength, and purpose first. And then weight is sort of what it is after all those things. We don't put anything extra on packs. But each one sort of has a, a purpose. And by um, strength, you mean durability as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just for sure. Yeah, length yeah. of time, yeah, like, not just yeah. being able to handle it. But f- yeah, over both. about 14 they, they, years, they, that yeah. pack walk back yeah. by your they go hand today. in hand. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and we don't make the thread. We don't make the zippers. We don't make the fabric. I mean, the truth is um, we're good at sourcing them. But there, there are some, like, you know, production things that happen, you know, some chemical anomaly in some webbing factory someplace along right. the way that, you know, that might change the matrix for you. But we are good at not, you know, continuing that, to have problems like that. So we, we have very few longevity issues with our stuff. Um, anyway, that back to this whole thing about weight and modularity. Um, as I said, I you know, the first version of Skycrane pack was the first true modular pack. It came with pieces that came off of it, and you could convert the top to a fanny pack and a right. big, you know, interior duffel bag thing that pulled out. And um, it's different from the current Skycrane, but it was pretty cool. It could You could carry a wheeled uh, Pelican case on it with and get the case open while it's strapped to the pack. That's only thing, cool. Only thing ever been built like that. That's way cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, just interesting. But... Uh, as we came into the 2010 and onward, you know, uh, realm, I explored most of the ways to do our cam expansion. I explored all the different ways to put scabbards and gun carriers, bow carriers and packs. Um, right. I'd explored, you know, then I ventured into uh, our approach to larger format conventional backpacks. So, Brian, you mentioned the Destroyer. Well, yes. the Battleship is the big brother. It's a, it's a 90 liter giant big backpack that... If you load with rocks, it'll carry it. Um, you and can't if you, pick and, it up. It'll <laughs> yeah, carry yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, every surface on it is is compressible, and with you know with built-in compression straps that are smaller than our monster ones on the hunting packs were, um, and they also allow you to attach things to the pack. So dual-purpose things that are, that are you know each surface is sort of popular. Now right. at this point, if it were me making that as a hunting pack, all that webbing and stuff would come off, right? Um, because if you're not going to use it, you don't want it. Right. Um, having said that, we still make that pack in the format that it is because militaries around the world are discovering it and going, well, gosh, we want it with Molly webbing on it. And we, so, yeah. so yeah. it's a, you know, that's really where it lives. It crosses over well into hunting because it's a super practical pack, easy to strap something to it if you want and easy to compress it. And, you know, it's, it, it will do more than, you know, Brian, I'll show you. Sometime. <laughs> 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 so anyway, um, having said that, the next thing becomes, okay, we have this frame that we've developed that replace the internal stays. So the frame, perimeter frame pack that we call the Intex 2 frame is sort of an interesting one. It was nobody had ever approached a pack frame in the way that I did with that. And that um, I just, I, it's an internal frame pack, but it works like an external frame. It's right. built into the fabric of the pack. It has the structure of an external frame, but none of the noise issues, none of the butt joint weld issues that all those had. Um, and it's it's also much more compact than most frame packs have ever been. It just basically has the real estate necessary to go around the perimeter of your body that is going to be contacted by the pack and just enough right. height above a normal-sized torso to give some load lift or meaningful pull. And we can talk more about that in another mm -hmm. uh, evolution of the conversation, too. So uh, the main frame is what that became and it, by itself, and, and we also have that frame system, the Intex 2, embedded into several other of our uh, packs and i've but seen the mainframe you actually have a taller version too right yeah for, for yeah. those guys we, for like the people Brandon that are obsessed that are right now by <laughs> by that stuff um i mean i made our hunting packs shoulder level maybe slightly above depending on your torso length but right. really shoulder levelish because of the tactical side of our business where they cross over yeah. but also as a hunter I go under stuff a lot, you know, yeah. and, and, and I'm crawling through Limbs scrabbly alder brush that I hate, whatever it is. I, mm -hmm. I just like having something compact and, and back there. And I, and I know um, as a user of the product 
that it performs correctly. You know, right. I know that it could be taller and not make a bit of difference if you wear the pack right. You know, for right. for your average guys. You know, if you're super long torso, that's maybe different. Um, but our stuff works well on most bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, the best example of that whole issue that I can show you is the X2 pack. I mean, it's designed yeah. to be worn well below your shoulders. Yeah. And um, you just stick an L quarter on an X2, and you'll go, oh, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it just plants that load right in your mm-hmm. lumbar, and it comfortably carries a heavy load like that. So. I've carried a lot of meat out with the next two. Yeah. So anyway, um, with the, once we got the mainframe, you know, set up, I started looking at what we could do with it. And, and you can take your destroyer pack and attach it to a mainframe, for example, mm-hmm. um, and, and take the harness and belt off the pack to lighten it up and then have the distendable frame pack system that allows you to put meat or extra load. I did that whatever. with the little big top. I like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So you can do it with that. That obviously was another pack that we built to go into that system and be able to, to expand away or attract. But you can also do it with something you wouldn't expect, like the destroyer. Yeah, yeah, you I know, didn't so, know that. Yeah. So yeah. The, so we have a bunch of packs that can can go back and forth like that. Um and then again, uh, we don't respond necessarily to what our c- competitors are doing. I do what I think is right. And I also recognize, though, that our customers are right. And if our customers yeah. are going, you know, I really want a pack that doesn't have all this molly webbing on it or whatever, I'll go, right. you know what? You're right. Let's try it. So because I can make anything I want. <laughs> right. So yeah. so the kite came about, and it's much more interesting than you probably know, actually, what's going on there. Because it is a pack stripped down to its basic elements, you know, sides, top. It's got a roll top, so it can get a little bit bigger volume, but, you know, none of the extraneous stuff in yep. a top compartment. Um, big front loading panel that you know that so that's a couple of zippers that run up it that add a little bit of weight that you could you know shed but I'll never I'll never forego a front loading pack it's just the way to do it so you right. can find stuff in the bottom without dumping it out and if you don't if you don't want that feature then you just go to a, our dry bag and, and that's, that's what, I, what you do that's what I do yeah which is great if if, if you get it and that's where that's where you live then I get it you know yeah. that's that's the lightest system but you can get Brandon a dry bag w- could not do that <laughs> yeah. he, I, me yeah. I just dump dump stuff in there but he's so organized he has to be able to organize yeah. his pack and yeah yeah, get yeah. To lay every it part. out and yeah. find it exactly and because our stuff is really made so that you can find it in the dark you know reach yep. in there and know where things are and yep. um anyway uh so so the so the kite basically has the big front loading element the or, or front flap um and and now it's improved by the way i don't know which version you've got but in the first versions um you know, a lot of our front entries have sort of got a square round top corner, so that so we run up the sides and then and then have a tight arc at the top and run across and sort of a big rectangular front door that oh, opens the whole front. Round. Yeah, I, think I have, so you have the so you have the so we're we're calling that the spade tip or okay. the spade front, and because uh, it's spade shaped yeah. and and that you know allows single handed movement yep. of the zippers down and it's just super easy to get into them and it's right. just super efficient. So, um, okay, so roll top spade front front entry and then you know harness and waist belt and that's the pack yeah it's <laughs> right? everything but there are also the little side loops on it and and so with those little side loops now we have a, a a set of straps and buckles that we call the hookup kit so we can take a hookup kit and now hook it to the mainframe or this new carrier frame we have which is sort of a stripped down version of the mainframe right without the shelf right um so now with these straps we can not only run them back and forth from frame to pack and hook the two together to transport them and maybe a elk quarter in between them or whatever. So, so it's this versatile modular system, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But we can also use them on the pack by itself as compression straps. So if you want compression straps, you add them when you need them. Good for heads and things that stay off the back of the pack. Yeah. 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 
so and and you can go from the front of the pack or the back you know the frame side of the pack there's 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 points on on both outer edges of the pack to to appropriately strap your load so it's really neat to add straps where you want them but don't use them if you don't want them and, and take some some load off right so that's the, that's the first thing the next is you know like i said we've got a lot of people that like molly webbing because they like to accessorize and a lot of hunters like it too you maybe have an emergency you know first aid kit that you want to put yeah. on the outside of the pack so you know where it's at well you can add a, a molly panel a utility panel to that pack that's just a big cool looking laser cut panel and it's cool also because it works you can stick molly stuff inside and out of it um, and have that on the front of the pack if you want it. Or if you don't want it on the front of the pack, you want to organize stuff inside, you can stick that on the inside back wall of the pack. Oh, I you didn't know. I guess I never even looked at that. Yeah, those at loops that. are also down the back inner perimeter. So you can use compression straps to hold something inside right. the pack, or you can use that utility panel to, to, as a barrier or a, t- you know, a mid-level right. uh, shelf in there. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it, that, the way that all works, it actually is pretty pretty slick the only thing you can't put on it is a scabbard right or am i no, missing uh, that so well no the the kite by itself uh, you, do, you wouldn't run a scabbard okay you, for that you go to the carrier the mainframe and and add the scabbard and then you know with that i would like in my case this year i had the harness and belt pulled off my kite and then just so put i'm basically it using it as the bag frame. envelope yeah. with the mainframe and that's how i went that's how i hunted yeah um butt bucket for the bow carrier went on it when i was hunting bow hunting and Yep. Rifle scabbard for rifle hunting went on it when I was rifle hunting, and I was also, you know, it's, I'm still, yeah, that's how I ended the season, so I have my uh, rifle scabbard on yep. that now, but it's a good setup. It's, it's, it's really good. And obviously, there's more to follow. You know, we have a lot of cool um, stuff coming in that. And the other part of it is, is, I was sort of joking as we were starting the conversation, I've never been good at telling people what I'm doing because at some point, um, you get tired, you know, and I, I have a, so many creative neurons to fire and I have a marriage to maintain and kids I was raising and yeah. had a company to build. <laughs> it just wasn't, it's just not in your personality. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I, I'm, I'm not a promoter. I, yep. I you know, I, I love very, people. very humble. Uh, really? It's, it's true. I, yep. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I'm, Maybe it's because I've learned some lessons in life that teach one to be humble. I don't know what that is. I have the humble well, gene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a great quality. Well, and your yeah. focus is on your products. 100%. And making yeah. good yeah. products yeah. The, the very yeah. best you can. And we only have so much energy that we can put yeah. into things. Yeah, it's know? true. But and the, the yeah, other yeah. truth is, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Gail works with my wife works with me. And, we, you know, we work hard together. But she is of a different world than I am. So she challenges me on everything that we do. And that it sometimes gets, you know, it gets hard to to respond to a challenge all the time and everything you're going to do. Right. That said, um, part of that challenge, be, well, you guys, when you visited in Boise, you may be mentioning that the uh, warehouse burned down in 2010 and right. you know, that fire where we lost everything and yep. set us back. You know, most companies would have just gone out of business, would would, would not have survived it financially or, you know, yeah. physically or personally or whatever. Yeah. Most marriages would have ended by the time that was all done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's yeah. so something about the strength of our marriage. Yeah. Um, but we survived it. Um, bootstrapped uh, the company twice the second time around by the end of it you know the original vision in that in those buildings was to have a bunch of you know i could just see the cool outdoor brand the people that were going to come i could i could see the you yeah. know what it was going to the gravity that it was going to make um the second time around i was like okay after i was done bootstrapping it the second time i was like i don't i don't want to talk to people anymore <laughs> <laughs> Tired. yeah and you know the thought of hiring employees employees required talking to people and so it just took us a little while to kind of wake up and get that done um and 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 for some time i was sort of it's not that I, I I love our company. I love what we've done. I'm really, really, really proud of the of the all the things that we've done. But 
you also at some point go, There's, I've got a big life going. I've got all, this, all kinds of interests and, and things yeah. I could be doing. Um, so should I just sell this and move on? And I thought, I looked through that, and I, I went, no, I shouldn't do that. And once I processed that, I was like, okay, then I'm going to – I just got started. You know, yeah. we, we've got the foundations laid. Now we've got to build the building. And right. um, that's really how I look at the company. So the neat thing is – We've got some really a really good crew. I mean, we've got guys that are yeah, just you got yeah, some new, new faces there. Yeah, yeah. and they're 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 solid. They're I, I really like Austin. Yeah, I've met yeah. and uh, gotten gotten to know him a little bit. And yeah, yeah, he's just a great guy and hard worker and driven and they're uh, a passionate guy too. He's always hunting. He's always in the woods or on yeah. the river or doing an adventure somewhere. And yep. those are the type of guys that that you want working for your company. Yeah, and yeah. I and, you know, we don't have a big company, but the but the crew that's there are those those guys. Yep. I mean, it's really fun. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of youth, and what's been fun is um, they're the first to discover what we what we've got. They're looking around, going. In fact, we we uh, I had a retail building ready to go in 2009. Yeah, you've, it's been yeah, right <laughs> before the fire. Yeah, and so that's been sitting there empty. And uh, in the fall, one of the fellows that works for me named Rob, he's a he's a cool guy. Again, he's one of these guys. That he was like, basically came to me and said, "I'm going to work for you." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, <laughs> and here's why. Yeah, you know, and I and, and I was like, you're right. You are going to work for me, and and so um, he decided he was going to run the retail building, and um, I went, okay, let's do it. So, literally, like within a week, um, I had a bunch of old timbers, frames, and stuff over at this other warehouse, and and you know, stuff to build. I went to every Home Depot in town, bought a bunch of black iron pipe and right. pipe stand stuff to put packs on, and um, and we stood that thing up in the space of four days. Wow. Um, when, once we decided to do it because wow. we were and we have all the product you know it's yeah. not you know, but it's not perfect but it was pretty darn neat i mean the, we had a little grand opening party that actually was was pretty was really fun um we've unfortunately trained the city of boise to not bother to come there because it's been you know people never thought it was going to open <laughs> for the first for the first five years we had a lot of interest <laughs> <laughs> it started, you know, the next four or five, you started to wane a little bit. But anyway, um, but, it's, but it's nice that in that in there we can play with the product. And the guys now that are working for me can go. I mean, it's been fun because they've been discovering. They're like, I, I didn't know it did that. I mean, Austin, you mentioned, mm -hmm. it, you know, has been with us for more than a year. And it wasn't maybe two or three months ago that the light clicked on about the hookup system and how that worked. And he's like, oh, my gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, well, Austin, you know, where have you been? You've been? We've had that for like six months. Yeah, where have you been? That's but funny. anyway, they said that part of that, being able to tell a story requires focus on, you know, the language you're going to use and, and, and how things work, you know, in sort of a sequential, um, easy to get. Uh, way to communicate things, right? So, I'm like, well, we got to start. We got to name this we, this modular system that's existed forever. That we have more component. We could. One of the things I want to do is like a, run a commercial where it kind of starts to a slow beat with the frame, and then we add something to it, and then that comes off. We add something else, and then we add. You know, it kind of boom, boom, and it can build into a crescendo of like a concept as yep. the pictures are going by. Because right. we could we could run thirty seconds of with all the different things you can do with, off these frames with what we have right now. Yeah, and just call it the just one. <laughs> no, that's taken. But I, but I was like, what do we call it? So we 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 branded it EMOD, the Eberly Stock Modular System. We're going to finally put a little bit more explanatory stuff on our hang tag. So the hang tag will have, you know, if it's EMOD compatible, it will say so. Yep. Um, and we're going to start telling people how this works. And I think that is the next chapter. Cause that's, it's gonna a be great, that's a great, that's a great ad. Um, I'm just picturing it going, because there's, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that the inside of the kite, you could put, you could put the right. Molly webbing. That, yeah. And, 
I put the molly webbing on the outside because I was, you know, packing meat and stuff. First time I tried it, I was packing a bear hide out, actually. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah. It worked beautifully. Cool. And so I just left that molly webbing on my kite. Yeah. Because you can just unhook the top, too, yeah, yeah, and unzip the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's well, so cool? It was funny. Like, just a ahead. second. It was funny yesterday. We all meet up in the airport at uh, in Denver to come here. Uh, all flying in from different places, and I look around, and everybody, include, and then Brian shows up later. Everybody's using the kite as their oh, carry-on. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice. Um, we're all individuals, and we all have different needs and different wants and different yep. expectations. Yep. And so it's just nice that you can personalize it that way. Yep. Everybody can get the exact pack they want to perform exactly like they want it to, and that's yep. what that system does. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to hear that you guys say that you see it that way because yeah. that's what that's what it. Yep. it's what it's meant to be and, and again the fun thing so it's, it's not just there are a whole bunch of you know i've been just tapping my toes going all right you know austin is our marketing director and we have yep. another guy casey who's our creative yep. uh, guy and the two of them work really well together and then there's a bunch of other other, other others that are more you know draft horses we just get stuff done <laughs> well tanner <laughs> he's been there tanner's been yeah. there five years probably i think longer than that really um i i, I don't I, I know it's been. I a don't while. know numbers. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I've went to a lot of ATA dinners yeah. with Tanner. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say seven years or eight, yeah. maybe. But that's just me guessing. I, I kind of my brain stops at about two or three. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so your kids are still three years interest. old. <laughs> 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 well, no, they're twenty-one, but that's a two and a one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway. Um, the, yeah, so the but the crew of guys we have are all good go getters, and they, they love being in the outdoors. They use the products, and they're ha- it's really been fun to watch them discover it. That's been, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And one of the coolest new products is the clothing line. Yeah, and so, I want to get to that because I I feel like you guys made it for me with the you have solid colors. You also have your camo patterns on yeah. there, but it's just so lightweight and breathable, and then flexible. Yeah, the flexible um, is cool. Yeah, you were I, showing me on the mannequin. Yeah. I yeah. love the fit of the hood, and I love like the thumb holes so I can cover the tops of my hands when I'm in the high country so I don't get my hands burnt. Um, Yeah, you guys have really thought through those products. I was just really impressed when I I walked through them. So that what you just said, you really thought through it. I'll tell you, like I said, this started in 1987. That the North Face with guns started in 1987, <laughs> and and I, I've been thinking about it a long time. And I I I'm weird in that I don't look at our competitors' stuff. I mean, I've seen stuff you're walking by, and and once in a while, you know, I get to touch something. But I've I've never like purchased and dissected, right? Uh, you know, right. another camouflaged anything. Um, but I've worn performance gear. I, I I'll tell you. So I, if I haven't told you guys this a little bit before. One of the ways I found my way into this industry was by happenstance, but you just, you know, God and the luck of being alive, I guess. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, grew up in Colorado, Little League baseball coach, which, by the way, I was, I was a sucky Little League baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> the one season I can remember, every single game I went to, we lost. <laughs> every one. Every game I didn't go to, they won. And I uh, went to about it. Yeah. It break your heart, doesn't it? Yeah. Bring through to your kid. eye. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, I... Couldn't throw a ball. Still can't throw a ball. <laughs> so, there, you know, there's, that's, where my, that's where my humility comes from, actually. Probably. And, no, but, the, but, yeah, so not all life is, you know, easy, and it's, we don't want to let, lend that impression. You've got to work hard at things. And yep. Anyway, but the blessing of that was that that guy who was my coach as a Little League baseball player went on later in life to become the president of the North Face, or right. the CEO, actually. And um, 
during his day, he was, you know, when I was getting started in the 80s, he was the CEO of the North Face. And I, I, I knew they didn't have anything to do with hunting packs, but his younger brothers were my friends, worked there. I went to Berkeley, California in like 87, 80, 87 actually is when it was, um, with my first pack drawings and sat down with North Face engineers to ask them how we're going to do this. How do right. we make this? Where do I go? And the guys look at it and they're like, don't even try. There's no way. You know, there's no way that this idea is coming off the sewing machine. Really? Really. And they're the best pack makers in the world. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's, uh, there's got to be a way. But they're like, don't do, not you're not going to be able to make this at a price where, that somebody could afford to buy yeah. it. It was the answer. Right. And so I went, oh, okay. So I went away. And it, 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 I had another whole life going and career, you know, flying airplanes and stuff. Yep. And uh but during the whole run of the 90s, this company was building in my head. And every year I was still making gun stocks, and so I was dabbling in the arts of the this industry right. um, throughout. But real low-burn stuff. Um, by the early 2000s, I was ready to leave the military and get on with life. And so I went and became an airline pilot so I could have half my life to myself. And that was really so that I could do one of two things. And it was really, I didn't know, I was either going to focus on my family and play for half my life or build this gear company that's been trying to get out of my head for right. 15 years you know and it turned into that thankfully <laughs> yeah because i remember because i really don't want to work for an airline anymore <laughs> one, yeah one of one of the best stories is how whoever was in the cockpit with you would jokingly say that that as you flew from the u.s to or from what san francisco to hawaii yeah um that, that it was the mobile headquarters of yeah, beverly yeah, stock yeah. he looks over at me because <laughs> i was taking a customer call like well the we're sitting at the gate. I'm not on the <laughs> clock. You know, we're done with getting ready. We're sitting with the phone rings, and then Everly Stock ran on my cell phone at the time. If if yeah. I was if I was in the air, you know, wheels up, Everly Stock went to voicemail. If right. I was on the ground and not doing anything, then Everly Stock was me answering the phone. And right. Everly Stock kind of help you. And if it was an order, I'd get out my pen and a scrap of paper, whatever was handy, and start writing <laughs> what the guy wanted. I'd tell him how much it cost, get his address, credit card, write all that stuff back in my shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I was doing that one day, and this guy looks over at me. He goes, Sal, this is Everly Stock Mo Mobile World Headquarters, is it? <laughs> and I went, yeah. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was, those were good days. But That's great. I'm glad they're over. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that uh, the that was a long diversion back into this clothing thing. So the point of that is that, from early on in the North Face connection also was a weird one in that I was a Nordic skier, a cross-country ski racer when I was a kid, right? right? So I'm a young teenager. The president of the North Face says, hey, there's this new material coming out, and I want you to try the, this first suit of clothing we made in it because you do this athletic sweaty stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he sent me one of the very first full Gore-Tex top and really? bottom layers that the North Face ever made. Wow. Wow. Yep. So I was one of the first test subjects and like a 14-year-old kid, you know, and he was, just throwing, <laughs> he was just throwing me a bone. But I but I gave him real feedback later, you know, about how sweaty my knees got and how, you know, whatever, you know, all the different things. And he and he would really appreciate the fact that I did. And, but it was – but that experience as a young teenager is what got me thinking about performance clothing. Really? I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And this is so a long time ago. This is like 70s. Wow. Like 70s. Seven, probably. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's about when Gore-Tex, you know, was a right. new thing, right? Yep. So anyway, uh, 
as I was building the North Face with guns in my head through all those years, um, and as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't sure at the launch if it was going to be a gun company or a pack company. I'm standing in the shot show with my wife on a 10 by 10 cement floor going, I don't, I don't know. They seem like the packs. We'll talk about those. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and then, you know, we got so busy with the packs that uh, all my time was consumed. And, you know, and I had that in, I'd been a fighter pilot, you know, so there was a thing flying the F4 when you lit the afterburners, two engines with raw jet fuel flowing as fast as this thing can pump it into the exhaust, right. lighting on fire, you had not much time of that, and the and your six thousand gallons of fuel were gone. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the jets don't fly without I think, gas. I think, as I recall, I, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure we could run an F4 dry in 11 minutes if we let it in burn, left it in burner. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it wasn't six thousand gallons. It was two thousand gallons. You could do two thousand gallons in eleven minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I hate to have that fuel bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's great. This is funny. I used to. I used to just. I loved it, man. I'd be sitting there and I'd light the blowers and I'd be and I just had this big grin on my face and we're like, this is just badass. It was just. It was the coolest thing I ever got to do. And I was, and I always laugh. I just laugh and shake my head. I, you know, I'd be headed for Florida to go to the beach or something because you know we're just training. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just needed some hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good. I mean, you know, young man getting himself to Florida that is training. Yeah. Um, yeah. But why would I go to Florida? Well, you got to bring Rex Shrimp too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, I used to just laugh. I I have the blowers lit that thing and I'd, I'd just be like there's no way I can ever pay this much money in taxes uh, you know I'm, I've won <laughs> <laughs> I've won yeah. I, I remember thinking that and now I'm like gosh darn it I have paid those taxes back in spades I did not know <laughs> you it. paid your own fuel bills you would not believe how many taxes I've, I've paid I mean I, honestly it's weird I you know there's people out there crazy socialists right now that think we had to go more 70 percent or some stupid thing and yeah Everly Sock has paid more money in taxes than we've made wow mm. yeah I'm wow not, I mean you know in terms of profits right you know you split you, you take the money after all the expenses and all the running of the company you look at our numbers we pay more taxes than we've taken home Everly stock's been really good for the government. Yeah, apparently mm-hmm. so. And, they, and all that F four monies, they got it back. <laughs> bought a few. F4s they were just they out. were just patient. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. but I am just so, so impressed with that gear. So I think it's going to hunt really good. Yeah. So th- and thanks for bringing me back because I get diverted, obviously. But <laughs> so that uh, Ike, you mentioned the mannequin that we showed you yeah. how it stretched over, and so getting ready for the ATA show here, I I was like, ah, we got to show this stuff, you know, and. Um, Last year, you mentioned we launched it. Well, last year, really, we had ideas like, on mannequins. Yeah, it was like I mean, two it was, pieces. No, we had all the pieces, but the, we only had one kind of fabric, and it was really pack fabric because that was right. all I could get You know, on the timeline we were on. Right, and right, the, right. The, the backstory is I wanted to make clothing a long, long time ago, but I got busy with packs, and the truth is as I started looking at what's necessary to make clothing, it, it got a lot more complicated than I thought. And, I, and I'm innocent, and I'm like, I can do that. Somebody yeah. else is doing it. I can do that. I can make clothing, right? Yeah. Well, when it, when you decide it has to be the best, that's a whole different thing. And when you, and for me, the best is not whoever's out here making the camo stuff. It's Arcteryx, Outdoor Research, right? You know, North Face, whoever. Technical got mountaineering gear, absolutely. Yep. And 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 uh, maybe climbing gear because you got to lift your legs up high and stretch and do all that stuff. Yep. So that's that's really where my eyes were. And if I pick up something and study it, that's what it's been. Yeah. Um, 
And then the next part of it, though, becomes, you know, Everly Stock's a company that makes stuff so that we can sell it at retail stores like Sportsman's Warehouse or Cabela's or whoever. Yep. And um, Shields, you know, yep. let's start going down the list. Um, yep. And and that's how that's how we reach our customers. We want people to walk into a store and find it and touch it and feel it and, and now try it on and see what they think. Um, and it also lets it compete directly against whatever's next to it. Um, and, and now once we start actually telling people what it is, I think it's going to help us <laughs> yeah, as, far as, as far as that goes. Well, I, I, think, it, I think consumers want to touch and feel it. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would struggle buying clothes yeah. online, not being able to feel the fabric, try it on, make sure it yeah. fits. I don't know. Yeah. You ship it back, yeah. but what a pain. In, I don't know that right. kind of time. So the evolution of this became I had to find a factory that could do it. Where am I going to find a factory that can make the best clothing in the world? And I can't build that because that expertise is, you know, right. way beyond me. It's right. 30 or 40 years out there, right? And uh, and so um, I've been in that search for a long time. And I and most, you know, gear companies don't own their own factories. I mean, right. it's a myth if, if they do. Yep. There's 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 certain ways to do that. And we sew a little bit. We fiddle a little bit. We make a few things, but. I have a lean company that allows me to be really agile. And the benefit yep. of that is that somebody else is responsible for feeding the tiger. Yeah. I just, I just can use it when you need it. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm so flexible and agile. I can do whatever I want. So if somebody says you should do that. I can go, well, I can do that right now, but that I'm going to plan. Or sometimes I'll go, you're right. Let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with, but with the clothing, I've been, I've been in this search and I finally found the place. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I walk into this, um, place and the guy's really cool who owns the company that's just this cool dude and uh and the brands in there are all the ones i'm like you know arcteryx right. outdoor research right. patagonia north i can look down there and go okay and he's small and and uh i mean a small small outfit so he doesn't expect me to make 10 million things to start right. yep and uh, and and he just he, we just bonded you know i showed him I, I i don't like i say benchmark off competitors necessarily but i i was like this is what I need to do. And I had a competitor's catalog just to show him that idea. And, uh, and he goes, is this your company? And I went, no, those are the, those are the guys we're going to beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he, just, he loved it. He laughed, you know, and then we started talking and I showed him my catalog with all the packs and stuff. And he, he thought it was pretty cool. And then he starts telling me about hunting and, and he's a hunter. And I was like, oh, wow. oh yeah. So it's, it's, it's really neat. And, uh, anyway, um, in the course of that, then, you start working on the materials that you're going to put into the best thing in the world, right? And um, it was really a challenge for me to, to source the, the right fabric for each piece because we had already said we're going to do these seven pieces for these reasons, you know. And, mm -hmm. But I had to find the right mix of, of um, ingredients for them. And so some of the first things are obviously mobility. It needs to be able to move with your body naturally and you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't blow out a crotch when you squat down right. or you should, or you should be able to stretch up over a rock or a log or whatever. And you, and in my case, you should be able to bust through nasty pokey brush that most people would not want to be in and not have the stuff go to shreds. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the difference between hunters and backpackers. Backpackers are always on a trail. Side, side, you know, side hilling yeah. through alder brush. I won't disclaim trails entirely because if I feel really lucky if I'm on one. But it's not often <laughs> that, that I am. So anyway, uh, finding the right fabrics was really a challenge. And it was the most interesting part was, okay, 
what's the what's the thing that tells people you're serious about something? Um, the the the, the range, all the outermost piece, the the sexiest top of the pinnacle thing, mm-hmm. right? I was like, okay, so the criteria for me is it has to be four way stretch, it has to move with your body, and it has to be waterproof, and it has to be breathable. Those three things, right? And above all in that matrix, it has to be breathable. You cannot build up a rainstorm inside your jacket when you're wearing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I loved. Um, PolarTech has a, 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 a stable of technical fabrics that are just amazing and, yeah. you know, American brand and really cool stuff. And they have a, a thing called NeoShell that has, uh, you know, X. So breathability and waterproofness are measured in thousands. And anything above 5,000 in either one is considered waterproof and breathable. So 5K, 5,000 uh, breathable is is good. 5K Waterproof is waterproof. It'll pass rainwear duties and, right. and, and whatnot for testing. Um, but anything above that, you know, you start getting into the teens and it's truly breathable and truly waterproof and, you know, more sense of things. And above 20s, thousands is amazing. Right. Um, so the Neo the Neo Shell stuff from PolarTech was super cool. It's four-way stretch. It's breathable. It's a breathable above waterproof but also excellent in waterproofness and i was just so impressed by it i was like okay this is it. that is our rain shell how do i make it where do i go um oh, and then cool. yeah um and then they had a whole bunch of other uh fabrics that came along with it that were really cool so then we're a hunting company right we, we make stuff that's camouflage and, and solid and, and we'll sell people whatever they want both we make both we got to make right. camo because we right. have some really cool camos and some really effective interesting good field color camos and and they're they're cool I'm going to make that. They period. are cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> so somewhere deep in this whole thing with this company, they go, Hey, by the way, uh, we can't print that camouflage on, on the, on this product. It doesn't work. And they told me that it would be about a quarter million dollar investment if I thought I wanted to try. That's a pretty tough place to start, a, a, you know, an experimental project. Um, so it, I backed out and, went to the outdoor retailer show and hunted up a fabric specialist who is just, just incredible. It's so cool. I mean, because again, I can't claim to be the source of all things. I'm not, you know, but finding those, those improbable, Mm -hmm. you know, resources is what I seem, seems to happen for us. And, and, and so, you know, Unlike most companies, you know, I have long-term relationships. My my pack factory is the same one it was in 2005. Wow. And and, and we are bonded. And yeah. and it's, you know, I don't own them, but they treat me like I do. Yeah. And it's and it's really neat. So, um that will be true of the next relationship also. Um on my side. On that on fabric this fabric thing. I I sit down I'm like, "Okay, so here's what we got to do." And he's like, oh, "No problem." And I'm like, you got this gravelly smoker's voice. I right, no problem. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, okay, cool. So um, he's like, yeah, yeah, for this uh, for this uh, four way stretch, uh, you know, rain gear, uh, sh- uh, soft chill, hard, whatever you call it. Um, uh, he's like, yeah, we can we can do we can do ten k ten k, no problem. And I'm like, well, it's got to be better than that. You know, what what else can you do? And he's like, well, we could use this, and you, know, you maybe get to twenty k. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey. What's the best thing? You know, what what is the best thing on the planet for this? And he's a, and so he's like, well, I, we'll do it this way. So we ended up with a really cool. You put on our shell, and it can be even a little bit snug fitting on you, and you can move in it. You can stretch your back, and it rolls with you. And so if you're drawing a bow, you could do that. Right. If you you know if we're shouldering a rifle, you could do that. If you're just moving, it feels natural with your body. 
that stuff, so it's four-way stretch. It's waterproof rating is 45,000 plus. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, sorry. That, the breathability rating is 45,000 plus. My, oh, my you know, gosh. I told you I only and do ones and twos. you said five was the threshold. 5,000 is, is, is and, and good is breathable. Ours is 45,000. It's really 47 something. But we, he's like, hey, be conservative, would you? You know, this is testing. And I'm like, well, I, I believe it. How not, you know, cool. So it's, it is 45,000 breathable. Yeah. yeah. So it's highly breathable. Jeez. 25,000 waterproof plus. So it's oh my gosh. way waterproof, way breathable, and four-way stretch. And so it's not Polar Tech. No. I mean, okay. we would have used that were they able to print it, but it turns out, you know, theirs are in the teens. Right. They're neo, that Neo Shell that had so impressed me. Holy cow. We blew them out of the water. And, and there's not, uh, I don't know, honestly, of uh, outer shell on the planet that's as good as that one is. And I'm saying that in dead seriousness. Wow. There, may, there may be, I don't know, but. Um, not it, just in hunting, but mountaineering. Period. Period. It is that good. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. And, I, and so I'm like, I'm proud of that, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. So here's another one. Um, I, I really wanted to do like a high pile fleece, uh, you know, top. I wanted to do one where I, um, you know, I just like that kind of comfort, that cozy nestle right. under that thing. And I also wanted to be really breathable. So I'm like, you know, cause I'm going to wear this when I'm, when I, and that mid, mid, uh, weather thing. And, um, and I want to not get all sweaty and nasty inside of something when I'm, you know, right. when, I'm, when I'm doing what I do. And so uh, working that became a challenge because, I, you know, the high pile only works on one side of the fabric. It has to be fleece on the other side. And with this particular resource I had, it was just hard for us to find the formula. So along the way, I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> can we also make it waterproof and breathable? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. So he ends up with, and it's not super waterproof. It's 5K waterproof. So it's waterproof, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically. But. It, 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 but, I mean, really, if you're out right. in the rain, it's going to keep you dry. If you're out in pouring rain for a day, it's probably going to come through. But at that point, you should have that other thing I just told you about. Right. Or get an umbrella. But for what I do, I mean, the breathability is the thing, right? So um, for, for, for this item's purpose. Right. So this is called the Cash Peak Jacket. The other, the one that, so we named all of our stuff after the mountains of Idaho, oh, except for cool. except for the afterburner pants, which I need for you know flying afterburners. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that paid the fuel, you know, fuel bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it better pay the fuel. <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, uh, the one I told you about first, the the shell with those three magical qualities. I didn't didn't think about it at the time, but you know, going through the list of the nem- names of the mountain peaks of Idaho, one of them is Trinity Peak. And I'm like, that's a good name. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name the uh, four way stretch rain shell the Trinity Peak, and well, it's the Trinity of, of properties: yeah. breathable, waterproof, and stretchable. stretchable. Yeah, that's so awesome. So it's actually kind of cool that that ha- you know just happened. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that this one I'm telling you about now, the high pile interline uh, fleece is called the Cash Peak jacket. On the outside it looks like a soft shell. It's it's a pretty it's a, it's a four-way stretch uh, um, you know, clean fabric on the outside. Right. The inside's that fuzzy furry nice right. stuff, right? Well, if if you take that which I just told you is waterproof and put the fabric up to your mouth and blow through it, you can feel your breath come through just like you're blowing through through I don't know, almost like there's nothing there. I mean, it's like that. It's, wow. shirt. it's crazy breathable. Really? I mean, you can blow through it and go, whoa. Huh. You feel the warm air coming out the other side. So That's awesome. Yeah. So, but it's interesting because I, I thought this thing was going to be super warm, right? And I was wearing it, and I, you know, I'm getting old now, so I get cold in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I almost felt like it was radiating my body heat away. It was, it was, it was not the experience I thought I was going to have. Huh. And, and, uh, and then I realized, well, if I'm active, it's actually really neat because it's pulling it, the heat out. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it keeps you warm. It buffers you, right? Right. But, um, but it, you don't get hot in it. You know, unless you're, you, not, you can get hot in, it, in your, damn near, you know, naked if you're in the wrong, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you're I mean, right just saying, yeah. Um, but for, so for its, its element, it's actually an ideal piece for that kind of mid temperature, mm-hmm. not quite, you know, don't want to put on the, the real insulated stuff yet, but yeah. I'm going to be active. And it's, he's, each piece of gear has its own function, but yeah. that's so great because um, I trail run a lot, and uh, you know you can put on some. There's only certain clothing that you can run, and it right. has to be highly breathable. Right, right, Otherwise, right. you you just get covered in sweat, and then you're cold anyway yeah. when you stop. Yep. Yeah. But but that's a great piece because for hunters that are always hiking and hunting so hard, you're always sweating and exerting yourself yeah. so much to where now you can breathe in that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so what you just said is actually it's it's key. And that is when you're out exerting yourself, you sweat, and when you stop, you're going to get cold, yep. right? Because yep. all that water is against your skin. Right. So it's I tried true. to get Ike here to wear my, my air base, <laughs> base layer some years ago. Because the first th- was, thing we brought into our line is air base. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And, and, and that's because I thought I was going to be doing the rest of this stuff a long time ago. But it right. took a little while to get it done. Right. Um, but the air base, you know, was invented in Finland. Yeah. And um, it's it's silver ion impregnated polypropylene, so it doesn't stink. It actually really works. I mean, I don't, I've heard some people say, oh, it doesn't work. Our stuff, I would know if it gets stinky because I've worn a lot, and it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and even some of the old stuff I had from the early days, you know, I still wear it, and it's just fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's pretty neat. But but that whole, you know, fishnet thing it, just blows it, people's minds. It does not look like it oh would no. be a warm base layer. It's, and, it's, and, and it's hard conceptually. To look at yourself in the mirror in it, honestly. Well, dude, you, you, who dresses in front of a mirror? What kind of a man are you? <laughs> so I did. However, I didn't the first time. I put it on. I walked around the corner. My wife was like, "You're not wearing." This. <laughs> yeah, she goes, "You look so, like Fre- right said Fred." You like who? <laughs> he said he's a. Uh, he sang a song back in the '90s. I think it was called "I'm Too Sexy." But anyway, so he, that, wore a, he wore a shirt like that. <laughs> I love that. We're gonna we gotta use that for like a marketing uh, social media thing. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that. Oh, so that's no. the base layer. That, yeah, yeah. That it's all the this system is is built around. Yeah, and yep. it's, so I had that a long time ago. And and again, um, pardon me. There's nothing like it in the United States. In Finland, they've been using it for a little while, and it's gotten all through Scandinavia because you think about the you know, Arctic conditions. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's wet sometimes, and it's cold oftentimes, and sometimes it's super, super, super cold. And this is a next to skin layer is. The best thing, and here's why. It's got big air holes in it. And in insulation, the goal is always to put air next to the skin. You know, so any, any like, synthetic fill or downfill thing or whatever, well, the fibers matter for nothing. The fewer of them there are and the th- finer the air there are, but it's the air that's actually keeping you warm. And right. So air next to your body is, right. the, is the deal. Your body so, heat heats that air, the and air. then that's yeah. what keeps you warm. So, so with Airbase, we have a whole bunch of little air pockets that are open holes, but... If there's a shirt or anything above them, then you have an air pocket that's that's a little sealed airspace next to your skin, effectively, when you're wearing clothing oh, above wow. it, right? So you have okay. massive airspace next to your skin that keeps you warm if it's covered up with anything. Mm-hmm. And that anything could be a freaking cotton shirt soaking wet, and you will feel dry. Because really? the stuff, yeah, really. Because the stuff has this really neat wicking property. It does, your body heat forces the... Uh, you know, that buffer space to, to feel warm. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I mean, I, I had a guy, a dealer in Finland when in, back in the early days, say, you got to try this. And he, they, I got a hold of the guy that invented it and had him send me some. 
I wore it in a, just a nasty, sloppy, wet, three-day elk hunt where I was getting, you know, you, where it's, the tree branches are filled with slush because it's raining yeah. and sometimes it's snowing sometimes. And I was soaking wet and getting slapped with sloppy branches and right. um, hauled an elk off the mountain. And it was like midnight after three days of that. And I, it was back in the pre-technical days of clothing, right, and as far as hunting goes. And so I, I actually thought I was making a smart move and that I'd gone to a, some army surplus store and bought you know, some of those heavy, thick, wool Swiss army pants. Oh, yeah. Thinking that they were going to be, you know, those Swiss Ooh. people, they know how to do this, right? Oh, well, boy. those things were a giant sponge. And so they were absolutely saturated with water, thick layer of water with ice on the outside when I took them off. I mean, you didn't even want to touch them. They were so heavy and nasty. Yeah. And, oh, I'll bet. And I'm sitting there steaming, like dry. Feel. I, I didn't, the only place I felt I was wet was in my skivvies, you know. Really? And I was like sitting there in midnight with a you know the last elk quarter at my feet just mind blown when i touched those because i was like literally did not want to touch them so Jeez. i was like okay we're gonna do clothing and this is gonna be the first thing yeah <laughs> and it was it just and now the, the other stuff took 10 years yeah but, <laughs> but you know you mentioned the the thing i showed you on the mannequin and so back to that just real right. quick um i was getting ready for the AT, ata show hunting for mannequins and i and you know blowing through amazon and i bought a couple of the stand-up guys that more, most people do and i came to this one that's a it's like made to be in a like a nike running store or something it's yeah. a sprinter and full sprint like crazy like aggressive. right off the blocks yeah so i had him you know shipped and I, he came in pieces and we put him in the crate to send him to the ata and, and i pulled him out a couple days ago for the first time and looked at what a freaking giant the thing was <laughs> <laughs> it was like, giant Uh-oh. it was a giant sprinter and <laughs> and um and in a very unnatural pose for dressing a mannequin which is really hard because it's hard plastic this thing you got to fit the clothing over right and so and i had large a large size set for it going on man i don't even know if it's going to fit even if it was straight right um so we start stretching the afterburner pants over this thing and i'm like wow because the cross section on the knee on that thing the way the knees bent is like nine inches i'd say yeah um, oh at yeah at least yeah and that th- those pants pants are going <laughs> you know, stretch the limit all the way to them. but it's really cool it's an awesome display and as, if you look at it um you know the cuffs of the pants are in the right place they're not hiked up the cuffs of the shirt are in the right place they're not yeah, you know, yeah. and that was my experience wearing that stuff up at the mountain you know i i, I we, it came to us so late in the season that really this is a 2019 launch it came to us uh, the production right. pieces right at, as fall hit and uh, so S- September 2nd, I was going elk hunting, and it was pretty warm, and I was wearing a uh, Bruno hoodie, which is our sun-protective outer uh, uh, shirt, mm-hmm. uh, hoodie shirt. It's really cool. Yep. It's um, another piece that I just was like, well, yeah. So then I had the afterburner pants, the hoodie on it, and a, just a T-shirt underneath the hoodie. And as I was walking up, I realized, gosh, I'm kind of feeling – well, first of all, I was, like, pretty impressed by the pants. I was like, they're dead quiet. I mean, I was – is more quiet than I've ever been hiking in the woods, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I could hear, I could hear was a creak of my kind of dry boots. And I'm absolutely, you know, it was an occasional from my boots. That was it. Wow. And I was like, good. That's nice. And then I, I realized also that I was moving really freely, that they just, you know, that, I, that my body didn't feel impeded at all. Um, and then I realized I was kind of getting warm. I was like, oh, yeah, I, f- I forgot I put side zippers on these things. So I go zip and zip down the, the, the air vents. And I was like, oh, yeah, getting a nice cool breeze in there. That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, okay, man, these are, these are spot on. And then I, I hunted my butt off the whole month of September in those things. And it's pretty tough. You know, it's a, it's a place that burned, and it's just full of this thick, nasty alder brush. And 
of course I'm too stupid to go around that sometimes <laughs> if I think I can just take the shortcut across. So I was in some just some stuff where I'm like, wow, look at that. It's, it's, you get a little fuzzy here and there where it's getting just abused, but it you know it held up really well. I was, so I was happy with that. Then the the top that I was wearing, like I said, it's a Bruno hoodie. And I had a T-shirt underneath it, and I don't even know what it was poly cotton or cotton. I don't, I don't know whatever it was, but I was like, I'm kind of feeling a little bit, you know, clammy, sweaty. I was like, well, what am I thinking? So I stopped, pulled, pulled off the T-shirt, put the Bruno back on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. lights came on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's, uh, it's weird. I, I mean, I designed it. I chose the fabric. Um, it's a, it's a. SPF or UPF fabric, so it's like you know UPF 45, so it basically keeps you from getting sunburned, and right. and, you, and it's designed to be worn over your hands and with the thumb holes or in you know the hood, the hood, the hood to yeah. shield you from the sun. Um, uh, but I was just again, it's just this cool breeze thing to wear. I've hunted with it all, the whole time, and I had a, a friend who's really a critic of you know if you're doing things right or not. He's like. There's no way. I mean, these, these are, this stuff's just too pajama-like. Those those pants are going to get destroyed. And that, yeah. that shirt thing you made, there's there's that's not a hunting shirt. And I'm like, you go try it. Because I hunted my butt off for a month in that thing in some really tough space. And that and mine looks like new. Really? It is that, yeah. Because you look at it, you know, just me, just looking at it going, gosh, I, I did. I had the question, how durable is it? Yeah. And, mine, I, and I asked, I asked uh, Austin that this morning. I said, okay really stretchy but it doesn't feel like it's going to be really durable yeah. but it is huh i yeah that's i mean it's awesome i think so i because another thing that's just annoying with some things is you know if it starts to pill up from wearing a pack strap right. or something right. like that i mean not, yep. there's none of that there's and, no pile but it was more just that you know i realized that we truly truly hit home on technical fabrics that are perfect for their purpose i mean yeah. I, on, on every piece i can look at that and go i'll be darned look at look at how that worked <laughs> so it's been pretty neat that yeah. is so That's neat cool. Lynn. yeah, yeah. The, um i really got to check out a couple of the products you mentioned like the base layer i haven't seen those oh, yet dude, i, yeah, 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 I, I gotta come back down there um yeah. but yeah the the stuff i have seen like the the shirt and the afterburner pants zippers on the the bottom and People don't realize how much restriction in pants fatigues you. Everybody oh, yeah. worries about their boot weight and their legs. But if you have restriction on every step you take and you take 20,000 steps, yeah. you're worn out by the end of the day. But those pants, they look like they flex and move with you. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, you've really created something great there. And, and we're just uh, really fortunate to have a partnership with you. And the industry is really fortunate to have a guy like you oh. that, that thinks of all these things and really re researches to the to the nth degree to bring out the very best yeah. Product. So, yeah, I just can't thank you enough, Glenn. I'm honored that you say so. Thanks, Brian. Yep. That's, that's cool. Great. Yeah. You bet. Well, yeah, uh, thanks again. We better get you back down to the show and put you back to work <laughs> yeah. down there. But, yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate I really yeah, appreciate you. you taking the time. That's fun. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Um, yeah, Glenn Everly, just a fascinating guy. Uh, just a great conversation. And, and um, yeah, he's just a, he's a great storyteller. I, I could listen to that guy tell stories for an eight-hour podcast, I think. Uh, just really interesting. So uh, thanks to Glenn for being on. Thanks to Everly Stock for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, they're just building great packs, and they're, they're building them at a reasonable price. Uh, they're built durable. They're they're built to last, and they're they're built for individuals. So you can accomplish anything you're wanting to accomplish with their with their pack system. So um, thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, yeah, with uh, Eastman's, uh, we're gonna get together for this um, this this show at the Sportsman's Expo. Um, like I say, Guy and Dan are speaking at it. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. Gonna roll down there for a few days and and um, 
get some good recordings and and uh so yeah looking forward to that and um also getting to 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 see and meet some of you guys i'm sure some of you guys will be at the sportsman's expo show also i guess there's some tags you can apply for and bring a couple hundred bucks and put in for some of those i think might get just get lucky and win one of those hunts i like i was i was saying in the intro i'm just uh I just love the process of like uh, every different season, and and right now, yeah, really working with my bow to improve my shooting and and um, get that thing all dialed in. Uh, like I said, I, I had it uh, super dialed for that hunt down in Arizona. So um, yeah, just gonna do a couple things here. I got a new sight to put on and uh, put some new strings on, and and uh, oh, I got to build some more arrows. I was running short on arrows, so I got to build a bunch of arrows for the season, and and so I got to put that four fletch I like on them with that cresting, and so I've got to retune everything and kind of start from the the ground up again, and and put that bow together. So that'd be kind of fun messing around with that, and um, yeah, it's just it's the off season, and then also it's just planning for hunts right now, and. And uh, trying to put in for some tags and, and hopefully get lucky on a really good tag. But if if not, you know, I've got some great backup plans. But yeah, just trying to build my hunt plan for the season. And it's so fun to, like, I think the, the fun of playing the lotto is thinking that you might win. And the, the fun of applying for hunts is thinking that you might get the tag. <laughs> so uh, a lot of these things are long shots, but uh, like you say, there, there's a chance and somebody's got to draw it. And uh, so, yeah, just putting in all over the country for all different species, for all different types of adventures. And um, it, it's, it's fun to kind of do the research and, and look into the units. And, and when you apply, you're really committing your year to hunting there or a week to hunting there, your vacation time. And so you just want to make sure that it's a good unit, a, a good area that's conducive to the way you hunt and, um, kind of, you kind of build like a, like a rough, a rough hunting plan for it, rough hunting plan, rough scouting plan. You know, this is what I'm going to do if I draw this tag. And so it's just kind of fun to play around with the possibilities. I just can't wait for some great adventures. And in 2019, already started off right with that coos deer trip. I just absolutely love hunting those things. They're so challenging, so wiry and switched on. And during the rut, they just wouldn't stop moving. I We're going to put together a podcast about it. Um, just what a great adventure hunt that that everybody can do and and go hunt these animals so we're we're just so fortunate that we have that here in the in the u.s and and um so yeah i just want to keep working hard stick my money away and and uh plan some some exciting hunts in 2019 and and uh make sure i'm able to take the time to really enjoy them and it's just uh fun life is good um so with that uh yeah that's a wrap um really fun podcast ike eastman glenn Everly. Uh, Eastman's Elevated. Uh, thanks as always, guys, for all the support, social media, and and uh, the downloads for the podcast. Um, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and uh, really allows me to do a lot of these hunts. This this extra income I make off the podcast pays for a lot of those, and so you know, going to New Zealand in April, which is just incredible for like a blue collar working class guy that I get to go to these foreign places and hunt these animals with my bow. So I'm just super psyched. I'm going to go with a couple of my Hawaii buddies, uh, Robin and Janus over there. And they've been there before. And so, um, 
I'm just really excited to see it with my own two eyes and, and just have some good fun and some good laughs. You know, that Arizona fun hunt was fun. I got, you know, Logan came down for a few days, uh, hung out, took photos and video, got together with Miguel Morales, and that was an incredible day. I killed my buck in the morning, and Miguel killed his in the evening, just killed a monster buck. And so uh, that was super fun. And then also got together with my buddy Coulter. He spent the day with us down there. We spotted a bunch of different bucks and a bunch of different coups. I made one play after a good buck to try to relocate them. And um, sharing these hunts with good friends sure makes them you know, really memorable. And I, I do love hunting solo, too. I also hunted some solo um, I, I hunted solo some down in, um, Arizona as well. And I, I really enjoy that too, but it is a mix and match. And I just uh, really enjoy having great friends that would do anything for me. And, and likewise, I would do anything for them and to, to share these hunts with them just means the world for me. And so kind of trying to put some of those together for 2019, uh, see which guys all kind of apply for tags with and, and put in and share some hunts with. So, uh, just super excited. Life is good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll check in with you next week.